Welcome to another episode of the Itty Bitty Podcast. My name is Perry, and I'm your host. And this week on the podcast, we are talking to Brian from Simple Man Comics. We're going to talk about comic books, collectibles. We talked about beer. So we got into a lot of different stuff. Definitely an, an awesome interview. Um, definitely enjoyed it. So head to ittybittypodcast.com to make sure that you're subscribed. If you have been into the show, make sure you're telling people about it. Subscribe, share, um, head over to ittybittypodcast.com and follow us on Instagram. You can follow us through the links on Instagram. I've been very active on the Instagram stories lately. Um, we're also doing a playlist to go along with our other podcast, Choice Nugs Only. So that's going to be on Spotify. So the link is also on Instagram. And that podcast drops on Tuesdays as well as this one. Also, we update that playlist on Mondays and Fridays with new music for you, new and old music. So it's going to be a lot of uh, different variety. Um, yeah, so it was a great podcast. Brian, very happy he came on. Uh, I actually follow his stuff on YouTube, so it was kind of interesting to have him on, and, and you know, it was nice to chat with him. The interview flew by, so it was a quick, um, quick, easy hour. So I think you're gonna enjoy it. Uh, but keep in mind that this is not a podcast about Simple Man Comics. It's the Itty Bitty Podcast. It's anything but, and it starts now. Welcome to the Itty Bitty Podcast. going on how's it going brian uh another day in paradise <laughs> can you hear me okay yeah just busy work you know how it is. gotcha all right how you been good i'm ready to start whenever you are audio sound okay and everything for you yeah you're coming in great all right. let me just turn you up a little bit so is this normally um audio only or video or this will be the first time. This will be the first time doing it with a uh, video, so I'm just kind of testing it out. So, this may or may not Especially end up. Say, say that uh, again. So, because you, you're on YouTube, also, right? I'm on YouTube. It's audio only with YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I just been editing. Yeah, it picks there. up once you start doing video. When I was on, um, used to do Tales from Flipside. We did audio only. Once we switched to video, you start seeing an uh, increase a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard, I've heard. So I'm trying to trying to work my numbers up. So you guys have pretty consistent numbers, it looks like. So yeah, somewhat. I mean, since Christmas, we've kind of been slacking a little bit over the Christmas break, but we're starting to pick back up. But well, I guess yeah. now's a good a time in a, a, of any is to talk about your channel then. So yeah. itty bitty podcast. I guess we're we're into it right now. Um, I guess it's Brian from Simple Man Comics. So, Brian, thanks for coming on the show. Um, I'm actually a fan of your show. I watch your show pretty uh, regularly. Um, I like the show you guys do on Fridays. The Is it the last call on Fridays when, when you guys have a beer? Yeah, last call. That's 
kind of our end of the week. Um, and then we'd cover, yeah, the final word cutoff books. But uh, it's kind of our way to look, kind of, I won't say let loose because we definitely don't let loose. But uh, yeah, just relax. Have 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 a beer. We call it adult Kool-Aids, of course. But um, and just kind of talk about books that are hitting final word cutoff, which is like the, the three the three week mark before they actually release to like your local comic book store or online. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and kind of what your background in comics is? Are you know are you a, a fan first or how to how to tell people a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on here. I mean, we've reached out and communicated back and forth a couple of times and kept trying to find the right time to come on. And, and so I definitely appreciate you having me on here. So I have a small YouTube channel, Simple Man's Comics. Um, I started by myself and then about a year or so ago, I uh, added my buddy Jack, Jack DeMeo as, as co-host on there as well. Uh, he also goes by AKA Mr. Bolo. But um, kind of the whole background in comics is um, started kind of as a kid when my parents said, hey, you need to read more. And I wasn't a big fan of reading. And it happened to be in an argument with my mom when I was probably 10, 11. We were like in the checkout line at the grocery store and we get into a heated argument. The first thing I saw there was Archie comics. So I was like, fine, I want to read this and I picked up an Archie comic. So I started reading Archie is my introduction into comic books really. And then I actually kind of liked Archie comics. And then next thing you know, 1989 comes along. I mean, I was familiar with like DC, Marvel, but honestly at the time I couldn't tell you like this character was a DC character, this character was a Marvel character. But Tim Burton's Batman came out in 1989, and I think all of America, if they were around that time, went to the theater and saw that movie. And then that's kind of what introduced me more into like the big two comics, and I started being a big fan of Batman. And it kind of just opened up into that. Before heavily getting into comics, I was a baseball card guy. I would love collecting baseball cards, but um, switched over to comics more. And then about... Once I got in high school, started playing more sports, started playing more football. I didn't read as many comics, still picked some up. And then kind of got out of the hobby for a little bit. Right out of high school, I went and was in the Marine Corps for a little bit. Got out and was basically out of comics until right around when the MCU launched again with Iron Man. And I was like, man, I remember these books. Started getting back into comics back then. I would say I'm more of a fan or reader first, but at the same time, there was a period where I got into uh, kind of reselling, flipping, speculation is what they call it. Um, I've kind of drifted back out of that again and got more into just being a fan of the hobby, fan of reading, fan of diving into those different storylines, different universes, and just kind of my break from reality and just absorbing into the pages and, and, and reading good stories and good books. But there's still some on the channel. We still cover uh, – some market analysis, some trend analysis, but the channel itself isn't a heavy speculation channel. We're um, readers first. I'll say Jack's probably more the speculation side than I am at this point, but we kind of tread the tread the line of both where we do talk some speculation, but we try to just talk to fans and comic enthusiasts all together with some market analysis added into it. So when you're reading comics, you must read a lot of comics because there's a lot of work that goes into your channel if you're constantly doing you know weekly updates on new books that are coming out and you're constantly reading new books do you see trends as far as different themes go like i know that you've talked about 
diversity in comics before. There's been trends of that. Um, do you see different trends like annually? How, do, how does that work as far as what, what you've seen? We, we often talk, if we're talking about speculating, we we'll often talk about the speculation cycle and how it's often cyclical, where you'll see, especially specific titles, specific characters, you'll see um, word of the big, the big thing in comic books that you hear is uh, something being optioned, which means it's been picked up. The rights for it have been bought to have the option of maybe producing a TV show or a movie for it. Just because this option doesn't necessarily mean, hey, it's going to happen, but someone's bought the rights up. Sometimes they buy the rights up because they don't want anyone else to do it. They're not, they might not have any desire to make it, but they don't want anyone else making it either. So sometimes they option a property just to have the rights to do it if they ever want to. But when we say it's cyclical, you'll see a book pop. When we say pop, we see rise in value, and it gets hot, and everyone's talking about it for a while, and then the attention goes down, and then nothing happens, say, with the option cycle, and then next thing you know, you hear news about it again, and then the same book comes back up again and starts rising in value. Now, you have um, keys or key issues that everyone talks about that are always like your – or your blue chips, the books that are always going to be of value no matter what. Big one right now, Hulk 181. I mean, you could say right now, speaking of that cycle, let's say Morbius. Was it Spider-Man? Was it 101, the Morbius issue? When news of the movie was getting made and news that Jared Leto was going to play Morbius, you saw that book rise in value. No one really talked about it for a while, but today the trailer hit. So now you're seeing it on eBay again, and it's it's taken off again. Right. That's what we mean when we talk about that kind of that speculation cycle. And then you'll see it probably pop again right before release. And then depending on how the movie is, sometimes the movie would be great, but you'll still see the book kind of drop a little bit after the release. Or if the movie is bad, you'll see it drop really bad. But either way, that's still almost a key issue, but it's rising above that um, plateau or where it kind of sat because right now it's on everyone's attention span. Trailer did what its purpose. It got everyone excited for the movie, so naturally they want to get that book and – Naturally, it's a buying. Everyone's out there buying it up right now. So that's I, what we kind of mean about the whole cycle. I haven't seen that trailer yet. I got to watch it. I didn't realize it was out. So I have a question about... Okay. I know that with movies right now, the big thing is, you know, a trailer comes out, a book gets hot. But aside from that, if you take that out of the equation, what do you think makes a book hot as far as it doesn't have to be something that might be something that will make you some money. I'm talking about maybe something that's like creates a lot of reader buzz or has, is it's, you know, is, is it in the artwork for you? Is it in a good story? So what to you makes a story or a book hot? There's a couple things. I mean, especially if you're collecting comics for a while, you start developing uh, your favorite writers, your favorite artists. Um, and then naturally, a lot of people like the same writers or the same artists. So if a book comes out and the writer's attached to it, then you can get into um, maybe there's not a lot of those copies printed or that becomes a supply and demand issue that'll make it hot. To me, like the most, the best thing that could possibly happen to make a book hot is when it comes out when the first issue comes out it might have a good writer a good artist but it's not it doesn't it's not initially hot right people are aware of it they think it's a good story but you don't hear too much about it but as more issues come out and the story is consistently great and the art's consistently great or one or the other 
and more people start getting attracted to it, they naturally want to go back and buy up those other issues. And since not too many people are talking about it at that time, minus the first issue, not as many orders are being put in for the, second, the consecutive issues after that. So the print run is a little bit lower on it because there's less ordered. But if the story is that great, people are going back wanting those other issues now. Now you also have a supply and demand where more people want it and less issues were around. But you'll also see, I mean, it's comics are crazy that way because you'll see some books. Let's say um, Spider-Man 300. There's so many copies of Spider-Man 300 out there right now. But it's always selling for great prices because first appearance of Venom. If hmm. There's always the debate he showed up in 299 or whatever before. But everyone knows from the market standpoint, Spider-Man 300 is one of those key issues that everyone goes to pick up. And for a while, their 9.8s were selling super high. They're still kind of high because everyone... If you're a Marvel fan, everyone knows about Venom right now because Donny Cates is one of those hot artists that has been killing it with Venom. Kind of, to me, it's I'm not gonna say it's on a low point, but he's been consistently enough so long that people are aware of it and the attention their attentions are starting to go elsewhere, or they're waiting for a key plot point to finally play out in that book, and I keep thinking the next issue, the next issue, but it's not happening yet, and it's not happening. So some people are kind of like, man. If it happens, it happens, but I'm bailing out at this point or, you know, I'll pick up one issue instead of five issues, hoping to flip them or sell them on the second day market. But. You guys have been talking a lot about Power Rangers, which is something that I kind of grew up on, which is something that you didn't, I don't really think would be big in comics, but it seems like lately it's made a comeback through comics. Um, do you think that's safe to say i think it's safe to say i would say also say it's still fairly niche or click if you want to say it that way i don't think it's super mainstream but i think there's a fan base out there enough that it's um i'd identify more as an 80s kid but i think the 90s generation like to me uh, transformers or he-man is is my go-to my, my nostalgia my trigger I love those G.I. Joe Power Rangers, I think, has that same for like the 90s era, um, whether it's I'll put I kind of put Ninja Turtles in that, too. They were around in the 80s, but 90s is where it's really picked up. So I think you have a lot of people we always describe it as for me, 90 percent of my hobbies nostalgia based because I go back and buy the stuff that now that I have the disposable income to get. So I think you're seeing some of that in the 90s also where the stories are great. They're not as campy as if you grew up watching the Power Rangers television show I'm talking like the original show I've had, I know they've had a bunch of shows after that but I remember in high school coming home watching uh, the Disney afternoon and then uh, Power Rangers on also and I could never could get into the show because it was very campy it was yeah but you I'm had to ready. be a certain age yeah you know and um, and I'll fully admit I wasn't a huge Power Rangers fan. I didn't read the book, the comics that much, but um, then we had Arun Singh, who's the VP of marketing from Boom, who has the licensing that does the Power Rangers comics lately. And then Jack DeMeo, the co-host on the channel, he's a huge Power Rangers fan. So we got into conversations about it, and I felt like I was missing out on something. I was like, well, let me go back and read some of these comics. So I didn't go all the way back to Power Rangers, but I went back to the like the beginning of the, the Lord Draken 
and, and caught up that way. And the, the stories were good. They weren't, like I said, they weren't campy. It's kind of like that, um, a little bit edgier. I mean, it's still teen or I'd say, thir- I'd say 13 year old, but I enjoyed the story. So I caught up that way. I went and even bought uh, trade paperbacks to kind of catch up. So I think there's um, popularity there. And I think some people like myself might be buying those books up going, hey, people are talking about it, so what am I missing? And they might be going and picking up some of those books. But then on, I think the biggest thing, though, is there's hardcore Power Ranger fans out there that they don't want just the one cover or the cover A. They want to collect. I want every single cover of every single issue because the covers are different or they have a different Power Ranger helmet or they have a different character. So I think you're seeing some of that also, which is making – and then that crossover they're having right now with, with the Ninja Turtles tied into it. So now you're combining two beloved franchises right. together, and the story's actually really good. So we always say, buy what you like. And I've been buying the Power Rangers, and I like the Ninja Turtles. I haven't – so right now they have Power Rangers, and then there's a, a series that could, kind of goes along with it, which is Go Go Power Rangers. Then they have the crossover with Power Rangers Ninja Turtles. I'm not reading the Go-Go Power Rangers because, one, I don't have enough time. Two, I don't have enough money. And three, it's like, okay, I'm more concentrated on this main story than the crossover, which is a different story of those two franchises. Right. Now, are you just doing the YouTube channel as far as comics go? Is, or what else do you have going on as far as that goes? So I have the YouTube channel um, pretty much on, you know, have uh, – Facebook page, Facebook group, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. But it, mostly it is the YouTube channel. And then we do comics. And then every now and then I do um, unboxings. Like I have a couple massive universe stuff to do some unboxings on. Do some uh, product reviews, whether it's comic book supply, comic book storage. Um, we're getting ready to try to get into more pop culture reviews. Like we did a Mandalorian review. Um, we want to kind of expand, but still keep it mostly comic centric, that type of niche. But we also do some pop culture thing. Like uh, we've we've talked about Jack and I are both big wrestling fans. We've talked about doing some wrestling content. Ideas are there. It's just finding the time to actually create the content. At times, it's 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 rough because Jack and I both work day jobs. We both have. He's got two young girls. I got two young boys. So it's it's balancing all that out without interfering with any of it but still enjoying what we do yeah it's especially when you're trying to put out when you you guys put out content how many days a week too already with- right now it's um we record tuesday wednesday thursday the night before so we put uh videos out wednesday thursday friday nights right wrestling's been i've been popular right now i see i'm starting to see it everywhere i was a big fan of it when uh, like I went back and watched older clips from like the eighties before I was, I was born in 88. So I was big into the nineties and I stopped watching it a while back. Now everybody just looks too good for me. Like before there was these cool characters and stuff. I still see a cool, cool characters occasionally like that guy who had the, uh, the weird kids playhouse or whatever. I don't know his name. Oh yeah. I'm not big into it. Yeah. That guy was cool. So that almost got me. Yeah. That almost got me back into it. Um, but, but yeah, I I like the old school stuff for that. So I'm not big into that right now, but, um, yeah. 
So how long have you I been into comics? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask how long have you been into comics? You've been like like hardcore into comics. I'd say hardcore back into it since 2008. 2008. And then before that, um, it was weird because as a kid, you always had the JCPenney Christmas catalog, which was like, hey, kids, this is, you know, make your list off this and it'd be distributed. Usually it was always uh, Beckett. I wanted a Beckett subscription because of, of baseball cards and stuff. But then when I started getting into comics, they always had this, almost like this collector starter kit that came with some bags and boards and then a bunch of Marvel books. And um, so that's kind of how I was building up my collection. I didn't, you know, I wasn't like collecting for value at the time. I was just purely like, hey, I want to start a comic collection. I want to read a bunch of stuff that's out there. I still had some of those put away. So when I got back into 2008, I was going through some books and I found some books that were actually decent value at the time. I was like, huh, kind of panned out. But yeah, I'd say I've gotten like hardcore into collecting about 2008 when the whole MCU started back up again. So you said you started collecting and you know, you had, you said you had some disposable income. What was a toy or like a collectible that when you were a kid, you wanted but you never got but when you went back as an adult you were like i have the money for it or or that you're looking to get is there like one toy that you just it's like your holy grail there's there's one that i want but i'll probably never get because i just never have the space for it and that's that that gi joe that, that aircraft carrier i mean it takes oh, up like your yeah. whole room um we were actually pretty fortunate i mean there was some stuff that um I was the middle brother. I have an older brother and younger brother. And um, we got, you know, the major things like um, Castle Grayskull. Um, it's like if I got Castle Grayskull, one of my brothers would get like some Star Wars. And then we just kind of all played with it. And of course, everyone's like, well, that's mine. But everyone played with everything. Um, I've gone back and picked up. I mean, even at the time when I was at that age, I didn't know what you know the books were the value or anything. But I've gone back and picked up books from 70s, 80s, bronze, copper age, and have bought some keys that, hey, I remember that book when it came out as a kid. Never saw it, never got it. Um, now I'm going to go ahead and get it and thank God for eBay, right? Cause on, or I'll just say online, because back in the day it was like, hey, if you're a local comic book store or your baseball card store or wherever you went to buy comics, they didn't have it. You're kind of screwed unless you went to – um, I didn't go to many comic conventions back then. I went to a lot of baseball card shows, but unless you picked it up somewhere where you put your eyeballs on it, you couldn't buy it. At least now with the internet, now you can go to all these websites and look for stuff or go to a forum and, and ask if someone's selling one and, and kind of pick some stuff up. But And you have with that, you have the option to shop around so you're not just like held up on paying one price because that's the only place that has it. So. You can get lucky at like flea markets and yard sales. I remember I got a Super Nintendo with two controllers, Donkey Kong, uh, this big bazooka that came with some game. And I think that was it, but it was like $10 at some yard sale in, in East Bumfuck, Massachusetts somewhere. So you can <laughs> find some stuff for cheap and get it, you know, and, and those things on eBay would go for I mean, for all that stuff, it would be pretty expensive for all that stuff. Um, but yeah. yeah um, the original Nintendo was like the only gaming system 
uh, or I'll just say the last gaming systems that my, my parents got us, right? Everything after that, I got through basically trading or trading with a friend something. Well, um, I got a Sega Genesis by trading him a, a Sony Watchman. <laughs> the old school dial, trying to find the TV signal. Um, I got... Uh, Wait, a Sony, Sony Watchman? Yeah, it was called Sony Watchman. It was basically a black and white TV. Now I'm making myself feel old, but it was it was when the Genesis came out. But yeah, it was like a handheld device, got like probably a two inch or one inch screen on it, and had freaking antenna. And it was basically you trying to pick up TV channels on it. And it, it seemed like a novel idea at the time, but I, did, I hated it because you can never really pick up anything, especially. Anything I wanted to watch, but my buddy thought it was cool. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll give this to you for your Sega Genesis. I think he might have gotten in trouble with his parents, but I'm not sure. So that's how I got my Sega Genesis. There was a lot of old school games that were that seemed a lot cooler back then that when you go back were just not like Virtual Boy. It looked a lot cooler back then, but now it's like... It's Power not, Glove. Yeah, oh, Power Glove. Yep, yep, yep. Or... So. um. The mat it was the the mat, and you play like track and field on it, like <laughs> the button sitting there running on the mat the whole time. Yeah, and they're starting to grade video games. I've seen. I, I yeah, and that, some of them are like super valuable. Yeah, well, they've been. I mean, I've seen them expensive because I've looked for them for a while. When I used to live in Southern California, there was a big flea market on the weekends in san bernardino and you can get a lot of games for cheap sometimes they work sometimes they didn't but you know you'd be paying two dollars to, to you know three dollars a, a pop you know and if they work then great if not well we spent like two bucks and so you, i usually used to like to gamble on those those cheaper video games but yeah so i get side there was times where i would walk home from when i was in high school i'd walk home from school just because it was like a pawn store right across the street and you can get like Sega Genesis games, like you were saying, for like two dollars and really, really cheap. And I always felt dirty going into a monster <laughs> at the time. This is like, I think it was freshman, maybe sophomore, but I was like, I don't care, man. They got cheap games. Yeah. I'd pick up Pat Riley basketball or Joe Montana sports talk football or <laughs> older games. Yeah. They, Funko Land, they used to have Funko Lands everywhere. And Funko Land was like going to Funko Land was an experience that you just don't get. I'm surprised they haven't brought those back somehow yeah. or like, you know, as an app or something. But it just kind of went away and disappeared. It became GameStop, I believe, but I don't know that much. So, yeah, I yeah, don't I, remember, to, I don't pretend to know EB things. Games. EB Games, are they still around? I know they were like. EB Games. I remember that for briefly, but I don't. I, they might have become game. I feel like GameStop just became everything. But every time I go into a GameStop, it's always empty. There's never anybody in there. But yeah, I think it's. Um, I see they're trying to diversify. At least they carry more than games now. But it seems like you can see that trend now, where the last consoles, where they wanted to basically almost be digital only. Yeah. And people were in an uproar because they wanted to be able to trade in games or stuff like that. But, and I was fully admit, I was that way. I was like, no, I don't want digital only because, you know, I, I buy a game, I play it, I trade it in. Or not digital, digital only, but they had like DRM on it to where you basically couldn't trade it in or some crazy thing like that. 
but now I've gotten to where I almost only buy download digital only just because I, I, I'm sick of having a case next to it with a bunch of physical games on it. I'd rather just be able to play it or, and having kids. Uh, that's a big thing now is once you have kids, they just mess your shit up, man. Right. <laughs> you come in and games won't play disc air, read air. And then, um, they have a switch and start those little tiny switch cartridges. I'm like, Nope, digital only for them boys. Cause they lose everything. Yeah. I can only imagine. So, when you're what's your favorite part of like the comic book industry is it the is it the getting getting it and checking out the new artwork is it getting it and checking out like the latest storyline is it is it like following a certain artist like is it going to comic-con is it you know interacting with with people through the youtube channel um what's your favorite aspect that of you know what you're you've done so far with your youtube channel i'll, I'll tell you the best and the worst in the same answer awesome. and it's the people it's the community um i enjoy comics but i'm also there's different different strokes for different folks right but i enjoy being social i enjoy talking to people i enjoy making friends that's kind of the reason why i wanted to do a youtube channel um i was part of a google i don't know if you're remember G plus or Google plus around. They had the communities in there. I was part of a Google plus community back there. Uh, comic book speculation, investing CBSI grew a lot of online friends through there. So that felt good being able to talk to other comic book fans. Cause I think that's where, where at, I found growing. your stuff. Sorry to interrupt. What's that? I think that's where I found your content was through CBSI. Yeah. And it was great. Cause Google plus, I mean, um, it was huge for comics. There's a lot of comic people that were well aware of Google Plus, but if you branched out into social media the way people know social media or people know YouTube, those people that are bigger on there, like Google Plus, or they're like, what's that? Or that's still around. But for comics, it was great. And you met a lot of people from all over the United States, even outside the US, and kind of formed online friendships with that. And then we'd have it to where Baltimore's somewhat local it means an hour and a half great comic con and we would all end up meeting up there every year and you you know oh i've talked to this guy online forever and then meeting them hanging out and almost feels like you've known him for a lot longer just because of that whole community aspect of it but the bad part of it is the community also because there tends to be majority of the comic community is all out hey it is a community help each other out, do things for each other. Then there's also part of the community where, um, like any other community that's out there, I mean, you go out to your neighbors, you have good neighbors, you have bad neighbors. It's just a part of it where there's, um, I won't say egos, but argumentative. Um, people think that uh, anyone that talks about something else, well, I talked about it first. There's always, I talked about this first, or this person's wrong when, it's really just someone's opinion. I mean, so sometimes that just kind of wears on you. And then you just kind of just realize, hey, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Just move past it because the good outweighs the bad. But they're like any other community. I'm not saying it's only in comics. Anywhere you can go, anytime in your life, you're going to have people you like. You're going to have people you don't like. And you just kind of make the best of it. Now, 
baseball cards is another one of your hobbies you've you've talked about a little bit is that something you stay a little bit into right now currently or you is that something you just that's you you're not into it anymore i haven't bought well no because there's a person um people that are heavy into like entrepreneurs or uh growing business are well aware of a figure out there called gary a guy named gary vanichuk great channel awesome guy some people like him some people don't like him because he's in your face and he's you know he cusses a lot right last thing of baseball cards i bought was just uh at the, they have the big national card show, which is every, I think, in Chicago, right? But he put a little set of tops cards out. I bought a couple sets because in some of those, he had like a five-minute conference or a big sweepstakes where attend. A, he's up in New York, so attend a Jets game or a Mets game with them. So I bought a couple of those just like, oh, it's a lottery ticket. If I get it, cool. But I, my brother... He was hardcore into baseball cards. Doesn't buy a lot just because he's also kids, family, um, buying stuff for them. So I still buy him cards every now and then. And then I've actually bought a couple boxes of, of football cards. And then I've still bought some um, some Garbage Pail Kid cards. And then I've also bought some uh, WWE cards, which I have some boxes that I still need to, like, this is kind of like Garbage Pail Kids, but... <laughs> Um, it's an artist. Mark Pingator was an artist for Garbage Pro Kids, and then he started doing his own thing. And this is like basically Marvel Garbage Pro Kids, but the not. Oh, that's Garbage awesome! Kids. And then I have a box of these upper deck Marvel Flare cards to open. And then and I have two, two boxes across. of this WWE Undisputed cards, right? which I'm sitting here and I keep going, oh, I'm going to do an unboxing for it. And then they just keep sitting there. But the, the cards that I collected or was heavy into, there's not much value in anymore. I mean, the Bubble Pop, uh, Barry Bonds, Rookies, 87, 86, especially 84. There's still some value in some of those, but overall, the value isn't as much into the stuff that I was having to collect. Now it's into... Um, Almost like how comic books, certain variants are worth a lot more. With cards or trading cards, they have hit cards or refractors or it's a scarcity thing. Like one of one, this is the only card of this. Or one of 25 on-card auto autograph. Um, so the market for trading cards, a lot of people aren't aware, but it's coming back. It's just different than the way it used to be. Because there's cards out there like with Buku Bucks, and that's what I'm talking about, like those refractors or the different borders and the, the scarcity, basically, of like finding a card. And that's what drives that hobby right now is people buy cases. I talk about disposable income. Back in my day, I was happy to buy a box at Card Show, 1990 for like 20 bucks or whatever it was. Now people are $1,600 on, on a case of eight boxes. And I think there's like, you could say like eight packs and six cards per packs. So it's not like a lot of cards, but when I say there's scarcity, you can get a one per box. Sometimes there's a one per case card. I mean, it's just, it's just playing the odds. So I have a, a first edition 
I think I have it somewhere. This is like the most sickening story ever. I think I have a Charizard first edition Pokemon card. And I'm pretty sure that card is worth a shitload of money. And I got it. I got it at a 7-Eleven. I think I can't remember if it was still a 7-Eleven. But I was a kid. And I like I flipped out. I remember the day I got it. I opened the, the package of cards and like froze in line. The guy probably thought we were psychos, me and a couple of my friends. And I started freaking out. I was doing that yell that you do as a kid where you don't actually yell. It's just like air coming out of your mouth and you're oh, just yeah. like oh my god oh my god and so i was freaking out and so i had that card forever and i make knew i took good care of it but just growing up i just kind of got rid of some of my stuff and i'm hoping i didn't get rid of it and i'm thinking it's at my mom's house in a garage and when we move back east i'm going to be emptying out her garage and i'm hoping that i can find it sealed up somewhere but um yeah that card's worth a lot of money so just hoping i can find yeah it. i know um um I bought, you know, nothing that's worth a lot, right? Because my, my oldest, my eight-year-old, really got into Pokemon a year or two ago. Pokemon Go, he's late to it, but got into it. Um, he has a Pokemon encyclopedia or whatever, like has like all these Pokemon characters. And he's read it so much that the, the buying, we've had to tape it up. And it's good because we want him to read. But it gets annoying when he wants to come down and talk to you about do you want to know all the water characters or whatever? And he's sitting there reading all the facts to you. And um, so I bought him like uh, basically like a starter set, kind of like I was talking about the, the Marvel comic set that came with some bags and boards and some books. It basically it came with a Pokemon binder, some card sheets, and then um, some cards and that. I don't, I'm fully aware that most of those probably aren't worth much, but I know um, Ben C., when the guy, he's the owner of comicbookinvest.com or comicbookspeculationinvest, he does a lot of Pokemon card selling. And he, I know there's Buku Bucks in some of those cards. And same with, um, I believe, like Magic the Gathering and some of those other ones also have cards that are worth a lot, right? Yeah, Magic the Gathering is big. Uh, I never really got into that one. I just, I never really actually played with the Pokemon cards. I just, we was more into collecting them and trading them. Yeah. I was more into like the hustle and aspect, like, you know, I'll trade you this card, these two cards for that card. Yeah. And That's I was what really, fun. That was like garbage pro kids back in the day. I got in so much trouble in the neighborhood. Like I had kids, parents coming up to my mom, like your kid has to give my kid his cards back. Cause I would, they would make such stupid trades. I'm like, well, wow what are you gonna do so yeah my uh my wife and i are expecting and so i'm um, looking forward to buying like all the toys that's like what i'm looking forward to most is buying toys so it's gonna be like buying two yeah, of everything i enjoy it now because i mean i basically consider my big kid i'm a big kid i mean um and my kids are kind of at that age now eight and six where you can do more fun stuff but it's fun even those earlier ages getting seeing them get into stuff and watch stuff but i will tell you like my kid was like my oldest was like three days old first kid and i had him down like he can't see shit can't do nothing but i had him in the little freaking rocker and i had like the old gi excuse me the old gi joe cartoons on i'm like i'm bonding with my kid <laughs> now that he gives a damn but i'm watching gi joe right. boy started off early there you go you got to get them young and I, stuff you like. I try to get them to watch um, 
the stuff that I liked as a kid, right? Masters of the Universe, um, G.I. Joe, Transformers. He's all like, when this show's over, can I watch? And he likes to watch YouTube. Of course, none of my stuff. He likes to watch the Minecraft stuff and stuff like that. But uh, he won't watch Transformers, but he'll watch like the Rescue Bots or the newer stuff that's like, I'm like, this is Transformers. But I did get for my birthday, my wife got me the Mega Constructs, which is like not Lego, but Lego, the Castle Grayskull. So I just oh, finished nice. building that, and um, he helped. He helped me like he'd work, he'd he'd help for about forty minutes at a time, and then, <laughs> and then drift away and then come back. My turn. I'm like, all right, but um, so I've just finished building that, and I'm actually gonna do like a review of it on uh, Simpleman's Comics YouTube channel. I wanted to kind of record it with him, almost like a time lapse, but um, that's right also around when you're familiar with that that Kappa or the the laws that were starting to come out. Right. Like if you have videos that could be directed at kids, you can't monetize. You can't, well, you're supposed to say it's for kids or directed. At yeah. Kids you have to do it for every video. Monetize now. Or put ads or anything over the video, but some of that stuff, I don't mind if that's the purpose of what you're doing, but the people that got worried is, Hey, my content's not really directed at kids, but what if YouTube does a scan and said, and the scam says this is directed at kids and I flagged it as not, you had the possibility of, of being fined or whatever. So there was a lot of stuff going through the YouTube community that people were worried about, especially people that do YouTube full time and they rely on some of that monetization. It's like, now you're taking you know, money out of my pocket so I can understand some of it. But... Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to show my kids every aspect of the stuff I liked as kids. Like I grew up in the 90s and like... Ren and Stimpy is like a bad ass. Oh, yeah. I'm like, uh, but I, th- I mean, I feel like that should be fine. I was, I'm fine. I grew up fine. Be, you know, there's going to be something that's similar <laughs> that your kids, that's going to be current for your kids. Like, right. Cause if you look at it between, um, every kind of generation has that type show. I mean, uh, Beavis and Butthead, Ren and Stimpy, um, what SpongeBob to, to some extent wasn't totally like, it's some, out there. SpongeBob is head, really out there. It, like, Say that again. SpongeBob is really out there. Yeah. So I think every um, kid generation will have a an edgy show that they're going to be addicted to. Uh, I remember growing up, um, my parents didn't want us to watch Married with Children or In Living Color. Oh so yeah. It was like, Don't watch those. of course we did anyways in our rooms, but. Yeah, my mom didn't want me to watch South Park, and it's still on like 30 yeah. years, however many years later. Yeah. yeah, it's still great. So I I saw a tweet. I can't remember who tweeted it, but it was about, I think it was Ma- uh, Mad Cave Studios, about like a, like if, they, if you listen to music while you read comics, and I thought that was kind of an interesting tweet. Um, is that something that you do? Like, do you have a soundtrack that you prefer when you're listening or when you're reading your comics or do you like to kind of listen in silence? I, I, I can't, I'm one of those people like now in, I won't say school, I'll say college, I'll say grad school. That's where I like actually really, really studied <laughs> high school and in college. Um, I'll, 
it took me 16 years to get a bachelor's degree because I started my first college class in the Marine Corps and just kind of took class here, class there. But I was never one of those like heavy studiers until grad school. But and I can listen to music then and study. But with comics, it's one of those things where um, it doesn't have to be like perfectly quiet. But I can't have music or something going on because. Um, I'm trying to pay attention to what's going on in the book. Some books I can say, yeah, because, but there's some books that have a lot of words in it. The bubbles are, you know, if I'm reading, I'll say like a Jonathan Hickman book, because Jonathan Hickman seems to be a little bit more cerebral, a little bit kind of, you got to pay more attention to what he's writing to pick stuff up. Sometimes read a book more than once. I can't have anything going on. I have to read the book and like, okay, read it. And then once I read it, kind of look at the art and then go, okay, move on. Um, but one thing also, um, you said Mackie, but like vault vault is one of the ones that are starting to do basically audio comic books, like wasted space is a great one. They have audio versions of their comic books coming out. Um, I tend to right now, if you were to say, Hey, Marvel, DC image, whatever, I tend to like independent comics more because I know what I'm getting out of the big two. I say big two, Marvel, DC, for those that aren't aware, is often referred to as the big two. But the smaller press, the indie comic books, they're writing such great stories that I won't say are overlooked. They just don't have as much attention brought to them. But there's fantastic stories in there. And it's great to break off to different genres where you're getting horror books, crime books, um, outside of your normal superhero not saying that Marvel and DC don't have those, but there's such a plethora of great stories in Mad Cave Studios, Vault, Boom, Oni Press, Source Point Press, those indie publishers, and there's great art. And I like that also because their work is just as good, but there are a lot of starting out or you know making a break. Um, it's kind of like, hey, I like watching college football better than NFL. I think there's more... Um, to it there's a lot of grind that goes into it and I think being able to one read great stories but also support some of those smaller companies like that it's fun to do are you into the you know the current trend right now of turning IPs into you know movies and television like like I know the boys was well received um, but there's a lot of right now. It's just it seems like there's a lot of comic books being turned into movies or television. Yes and no. I like seeing it, especially for those independent books, because what I was just talking about, where they're the ones that are like kind of hustling, scratching. They're not making as much money as some of those bigger, the bigger um, Marvel, DC type talent. That's kind of when they get paid. When those books get picked up and get turned into properties like that, that's when there's independent artists, writers, that's when they get a bigger paycheck. So I like doing that because you see the support and the work pay off. But one thing that does get old, and I'm super guilty of this too, because it's the first thing you do sometimes when you read a new comic book, when you're done, if it was that good, you're like, man, I could see that being a TV show or I could be, see that being a, a movie. But Sometimes it's like, hey, I could, but it's just as good just being a comic book and that being what it is. So there's kind of both sides of the coin. Um, sometimes it gets to where 
if the fanboy or the comic reader in you take not the com- uh, speculation and the flipper out of it, that when you say, hey, I can see this is a movie or a TV show, that's instantly when the radar pops up for speculation and flippers. It's like, yeah, I can see that too, and it's going to happen because everything's getting option nowadays, so they go out and buy back a bunch of books of this. And supply and demand, because indie books have a smaller print run, now the comic book reader is not going out being able to get copies because speculators and flippers are, are buying them all up or selling them. A lot of times they're selling them to each other. Speculators are selling books to speculators, but it is a, the life cycle of comics. I'm, I might disagree with it, but I don't. I'm not going to hate on it because that's just how it goes. And then if you really like it, if you want to read it, a lot of times it is available digitally or wait till because a lot of indie comics tend to be six issue series or stuff. Or sometimes they're ongoing. A lot of times you'll get six issue series or arcs. And then of course that's where if you want to read the story, you can go out and pick it up and, and trade paperback or something like that. So now are you, I've seen a lot of discussion about adult themes in comic books, you know, being more graphic and with, um, you know, a lot of people discussing whether or not politics should be in comic books. Um, and then I've seen a lot of discussion, other, you know, people saying on one side that they should just get rid of that stuff in comic books. I go to comic books for an escape, but other people are saying, you know, you can skip those books. You have every right to choose, pick and choose those books. Um, where do you think, I mean, what's your feeling on that? Do you think that people should just be able to pick and choose? Do you think that they should just kind of stick to telling stories um, and, and you know, keep the politics and everything else out of it. Um, what's your opinion on that? Now, when it comes to like the violence and everything like that, I, I'm fine with it being in comics because sometimes comics can be boring if, if they're not edgy or not, but I don't think, um, I, they have the rating on there just like a lot of the other stuff where M for mature or teen for teen. And I don't think comic book stores should especially some covers that are kind of more risque. I think, you know, they shouldn't be out there on the new, right. the new release for like younger kids trying to get kids in the hobby. You don't, you know, don't come in and have those type of things being displayed, be respective of other people's parenting. I mean, there's that wide range of parents out there. Some are super conservative. Some don't, don't care. But as a comic book store owner or whatever, respect that and let them know, hey, they're available, but don't just have an open for like any kid to come in and see, especially with some of those covers that are out there. Um, but I like all range of stories. Sometimes I want a good, gruesome, violent story. That's just, I mean, the same reason why we want to watch an R-rated movie or something like that. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's a purpose. As for politics, um, I think that if the politics serves the purpose of the story, I'm all for it. But if it's just politics in there because the, the creative team, whether the artist or the writer, just wants to reflect their political opinion in the book without, I'm, I'm kind of against that. Right. Um, I I know my own politics. I try to purposely not talk about politics on the channel because on my on some men's comics, just because I want everyone. It's a fair base. I want everyone to think about comics and not someone's opinion on how they feel politically 
because it's a wide range of stuff out there. Right. Some people might perceive me as one way and I might not, might not be the other, but if the politics serves the story, it's not just like in your face, thrown out there, we're trying to prove a point, I'm all for it because let's be honest, I mean, politics is a great story at some point. Right. But I mean, it's, it's just... I've hey, just I, always been of the feeling... Hey, this person hates this this political person or, or this political issue and it doesn't really deal with the story but you can tell they just threw this in there because that person's like I'm making sure people know that I think any comic book reader at some point gets turned off unless they're like a fan of that person for that their political beliefs of that reason right but that makes sense I just feel like if if you're gonna I mean if you make it and it's gonna be for a very select group of people and they're gonna buy it if if you're not going to like, it's, it doesn't affect my day. If, if you do make it political, it's, it's, I understand when like, you know, if it happens and like there was a Batman story or something that recently that got, that was catching heat for being political. I just feel like skip that story, go to the next Batman story and call it a day. You know, there's just so many options that I feel like as a, as a reader, if they, it's hard to complain when there's just so much stuff out there. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, and there's, to... like, there's some books out there that are straight political books. I mean, there's, um, Trump books, there's, uh, Bernie Sanders books. I mean, the comic right, they, is, they're all over the place. Comic. Yeah. Um, what's her name? AOC. She had a comic book. Um, I'm make them, but I mean, buy what you, Buy what you like, man. Right. That's what we always say. And a lot of times, like, hey, how come you didn't talk about this book? It's selling for this much. The only reason why I don't talk about it is because I just avoid politics as much as possible on my channel, period. Because if you talk about this book, because a lot of people say, okay, the content's one thing, but then you get like a shit fest in the comments underneath it where people are arguing with each other and it just becomes chaos. So a lot of times we just kind of try to avoid talking politics we touch on it every now and then, right? but it's just something that, hey, let's talk about comics. We always talk about integrity and community on the channel. Community is probably one of the, that's the foundation, right? We, we don't want to be like, hey, um, here's a channel, watch us. We want the community, the channel to be a community of like-minded individuals that love comics. And we're building the community through the channel um, so that when we do go to comic cons or, or stuff like that you're seeing some of those people hey man i watched that's what that's what makes it fun is like hey i watched your videos um and baltimore this past year was so much fun we met other youtubers out there that you talk to all the time but you never see right and i spent more time talking to people this last baltimore i har- i'd hardly filmed any content for the channel I hardly searched for any books because I was so busy, just elated from like, oh man, I've watched all these videos. We've talked online, we've talked on here, we've, everything like that. And now we're like meeting face to face. And they say, I was like, oh yeah, it's it's Sunday. I gotta go find some books. But it is what it is. It's it's enjoyable, man. Just I always say, it's more fun to enjoy the adventure of doing it than. Yeah, you want to have goals and stuff like that. But the goals are great, but it's not worth it if you just concentrate on the goals the whole time without enjoying the journey to get to them. Right. 
So I wanted to ask you, what type of beer do you usually drink on the like the Friday? Do you switch it up each Friday or? For the most part, um, especially with the with the fall and winter, I drink a lot. Of sometimes darker. Um, Founders has their seasonal. Founders out of Michigan, they have their CBS, KBS. Drink some of those, but they're pretty. They're pretty strong. I'm not. I don't. I'm not a heavy drinker, really. Um, unless I'm at like New Year's event, cookout, concert, I hardly drink much at my house unless I have a friend over or something. I usually like I have a friend, one friend that comes over for pretty much all the WWE pay per views, and we bring beers. And then like each time he comes over, there's like stuff from the last time he came. But um, during the winter, I, I'll drink like the CBS, KBS, or or darker type beers, uh, chocolate stouts, mm. um, stuff like that. But then, like as it gets warmer, I drink. Um, I like Stella, and then a lot of people might hate me, but I like Stella cider also. Everyone's like, "Oh, cider!" I understand that, but it's one of those ones that's like, "Hey, tastes good, goes down easy." I know I'm not going to have to worry about it. Um, yeah, it's not. And bad. I got introduced to it. Um, at I'm a big Disney fan. If anyone watches my channel, huge Disney nerd. Like I like Disney. But once again, I'm 90% driven by nostalgia, right? So grew up Disney. Parents take me to Disney movies. Disposable income thing we talked about. Um, I have Disney Vacation Club, which is basically like a Disney timeshare at Disney World. So we try to go every other year. And one trip, we didn't. We left the kids here. Wife and I went for the anniversary. Went to Magic Kingdom to have a steak. And then, like, they always offer, like, pair it with this or pair it with that. And the guy was like, pair it with this Stella cider. And I'm like, what? I don't drink cider. I was like, I just want Stella. He's like, no, try it, try it. And I tried it. <laughs> it was freaking damn good, man. So ever since then, every now and then, I'm like, yeah, pick up a 12-pack of Stella cider. But um, I like regular, like, um, Stella's, like, my, I'd say, go-to beer, like the regular Stella. Right. Um, and then, of course, if you were to pick, like, the normal Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light, I'd say Bud Light. Bud Light. Yeah, I'm not, I used to drink a lot more. I I have another show where I talk more about like the shenanigans that I've got into. Um, but these days, I I mean, I'm, I'm like down to like drinking one day a month, if that. But when I do. When you got that kid. What's that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, that's what I'm hoping. Every time, last two times I've drank, I've just been so violently hung over that I'm like, I can't do it. Can't do it anymore. Yeah. Like, and not from I drinking not that much. Baltimore, Baltimore Comic Con was like the last time that I, you know, put it on when we, we drank heavily. And um, that my whole Saturday was like washed. Yeah. It's it a waste of the next day. Hungover. And I was like, I don't like that feeling anymore, especially I'm, I'm, I'm 42 now. So it's not like it's, it's easy to, to go recoup as it used to be. But, um, uh, I, outside of, I drink beer, but most of the time I, I like bourbon. Bourbon is, um, hmm. um, kind of like a go-to just relax, socializing, stuff like that. And I'm perfectly fine with Jim Beam. Jim Beam is like, I always have a handle of Jim Beam. I like the finer stuff, you know, the Blantons and stuff like that. Um, when my first kid was born, my, my wife bought me a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue. Freaking love that. And I'm like best wife ever at the time. But um, 
before that, when I had that break from comics, before I had kids, I was heavy into cigars. Mm. That was like my hobby at the time. I had a huge cabinet humidor, all about the, the boutique cigars. Um, that was the thing. And then once I knew I had kids getting ready to come, I was like, well, I can't smoke cigars around. And I was like, well, cigars you buy and you smoke them you have nothing left but if i switch over to comics and of course you do that classic well if i'm telling the wife like i'm gonna help pay for the kids education with comics and whatever stuff you make up but uh yeah before that i was huge into cigars and that's where a lot of like the bourbon uh port and stuff comes in but do you f- everyone so- has a so do you like make enough money to supplement your comic book comedy through comic book stuff or through the channel or how does that? Somewhat. I, I still buy most of my comic book collection stuff myself. Mm-hmm. The stuff I'm usually making off the channel, whether it's like the YouTube monetization. And I'll tell you, anyone that's not monetizing on YouTube and wants to monetize on YouTube, it's not a lot. It's... You could not live off it, put it that way. Like, um, If you wanted to do something like that, you would have to monetize through other means. Like, I do have a Patreon, uh, Superman's Comics, uh, patreon.com, Superman's Comics. Uh, people help support the channel. But usually I try to – everything that comes in from that goes back into the channel. Whether it's um, uh, buying stickers or buying software for intros or – one of the things we uh, we just got my co-host. Uh, a lot of people are talking about some audio issues, so we just got him a brand new mic that will hopefully help some of that out. So we, I try to, especially for the time being, whatever comes in, it goes back into the channel to help grow the community. Nice. Um, well, we're getting we're like just about over an hour. It kind of flew by. Um, did yeah. you want to tell people where they can find you and like, you know, kind of plug all your stuff? Yeah, definitely. Right now? First of all, again, like you said, that hour flew by. Thanks again for having me on. Really appreciate it. Yeah. We'll also, do it again. Um, make sure you're following this guy. If you guys aren't anybody podcasts on Instagram, yeah, thank um, you. all your podcast episodes. If you want follow me or simple man's comics, uh, search simple man's comics on YouTube. Superman's Comics on Twitter, Superman's Comics on Instagram, and then, of course, on Facebook. If you just search for that, you'll definitely find us there. And, uh, again, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll be sure to share this, the link out to this, to Superman's Comics community as well. Yeah, I've been a lot more active on my Instagram stories lately, so I've been blowing up Instagram stories. Um, and that's it's it's been a really good for engagement as far as my – podcast goes i've seen an increase in the numbers just in the week i've started doing it so i'm going to keep at that so but yeah i appreciate you plugging uh the show we'll have to have you on again and um yeah i'll send you a little bit of a message after this uh just a little wrap up um so probably air shortly um i usually record them and flip pretty quickly so i appreciate you coming on and i'll talk to you later definitely and um hey real quick before you go yeah Talking about Instagram stories and stuff like that. Well, I'll, I consider myself older now, being 42. But some of that stuff, like when I talk about enjoying the journey, when you find like new stuff to do social or stuff that works for stories or new art or new things that kind of you can tweak stuff to say how your engagement goes. That's the type of stuff that I mean, it's kind of enjoyable to do, right? 
Yeah. Oh, dude, my my wife has been dry, been being driven nuts with it. I keep joking. I'm like, I'm gonna get on TikTok. I'm gonna get on TikTok. And so, yeah, I'm just. I finally figured out Instagram stories. So like, she'll she'll be looking over there and just giggling at me because I'm in the corner on the couch with my little stylus on my note, trying to make a little Instagram story. So, yeah, it's <laughs> it's definitely been there. <laughs> All right, Brian. Well, I appreciate you coming on Simple Man Comics. Uh, you'll definitely have to do this again. Um, and yeah, I appreciate you coming on, and I'll send you a message here shortly. I appreciate right, it. Thanks. Later, man. Thanks again for tuning in to the Itty Bitty Podcast. Make sure you head over to ittybittypodcast.com. If you've been feeling the show, make sure that you subscribe, you rate us, you review, tell your friends. I can't stress enough how much that helps me out. Um, tell everybody that you know about the show follow us on instagram we've been really active on instagram we started a spotify playlist so make sure you follow that as well i promise you have a good taste in music i will set you on the straight and narrow um, check us out all over social media i'm on twitter now so we've been a little bit more active on so on twitter as well so tweet me um yeah and check out the show next week next week hopefully we're talking about hip-hop but um i'm gonna make sure i lock that down but i think we're talking about hip-hop so see you guys later